ladies and gents. Welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pikulski. So recently, I recorded a live workshop on fat loss. And there's many facets of fat loss. There's many angles I could take. But in my experience of, of being a coach for a very long time, I've been a coach for over 20 years, certainly. And, and uh, you know, obviously, through my time as a professional bodybuilder, I pulled back on the amount of hours invested in coaching. But I still coached other pro athletes. I've approached other, other pro bodybuilders, other amateur bodybuilders doing it for a long time. And sometimes the thing that we need most is uh, an objective process, which is really, really important. But if I give you an objective process, how many people would actually adhere to it? What percentage of people do you think? I don't know. You can guess. Your guess is as good as mine. Maybe 10%, 20%. Let's say the 80-20 principle, Pareto's principle, right? 80% of people don't follow, 20% of people do. And those are the 20% of people that you see on the covers of magazines and, and in social media. And the 80% of people that fail the programs are the ones you don't see, right? And that's hopefully the gap we're trying to fill here at Muscle Intelligence is to help the 20% succeed who are already going to by giving you the best possible muscle muscle building and, and fat loss plan in the world. And that's what I believe we do is we find the best research back information that exists anywhere and put it into an effective process for you. And we also try to help the other 80%, the people who know that, hey, if I give you the best plan in the world, I lay out a step-by-step 90-day process for you to lose 20 pounds of body fat or 30 pounds of body fat, which is very common in our program you might not follow through. So what's missing? Why don't you follow through? What are those things that are missing for you? And that's what we discussed today on this workshop. So would it be things like energy? I know energy is a big one, right? If you, if, if you lack energy, sometimes people reach for foods that they shouldn't be eating because they feel lethargic. I need just a little pick-me-up. I need a little energy. Or maybe you lack belief in yourself, right? Maybe, that's, maybe you don't believe you can do it. You don't believe it's possible for you. Maybe you lack a clear plan or a process. Maybe you lack discipline. But is, do you really lack discipline or do you just lack habits? Right? Sometimes discipline comes down to environment. Right? Maybe your environment isn't conducive to eating really well all the time or doing cardiovascular training or weight training. Maybe you need to shift your environment a little bit. And so there's a lot of different things, right? Because if you're in an environment that's always surrounded by foods that you love that you shouldn't be eating, chances are you're going you're gonna to fail, right? It's not a willpower thing. It's an environment thing. And these are all things that I like to discuss in our workshops with uh, in our internal team, our, our coaching clients, and ultimately our external perspective coaching clients like yourself, people who ultimately are looking to optimize it. You know, maybe you're doing it 90% of the way already yourself and you really want to go that extra mile. Or maybe you really need that kickstart and that, that accountability. Those are all things we do over here at Muscle Intelligence and things that we're getting really, really good at doing over the last, you know, we've been doing it for a long time now, but specifically we're really focused on it for the last couple of years are really moving toward optimization of the human system. And, and it's not just the process. You know, we're 100% confident in our process. And the thing that we are working on now is helping you become more successful, right? We don't want, I don't want anyone to fail. Anyone that comes into my system, I hope I aspire for 100% account, 100% success. And I tell everyone my coaches, uh, our success rate is 100%. How do we do it, right? How do we get there? We're not there, I'll be honest. But we're, we're working very, very diligently to support every one of our clients to be 100% successful successful in their ability to succeed. So if you're someone who's looking to optimize body, optimize mind, maybe lose a little fat, maybe lose a little muscle, sit tight. 
hold on, grab a pen, grab a pencil and a piece of paper and take some notes because you're going to enjoy this pot, this podcast, this ultimate workshop, live workshop I did recently. And if you might enjoy content like this and want to enjoy future workshops, you can do that as well. And you can do that by following me on Instagram, uh, which is simply BPAC Fitness. You can head over to our Muscle Intelligence Facebook community, which we announced in there. And you can jump on our newsletter. And if you head over to muscleintelligence.com, you can jump on our newsletter. If you're ready to take action right now and jump on a call with someone on my team just to discuss your goals and discuss to see if you're a good fit. No commitment necessary. Just go over to muscleintelligence.com slash apply at A-P-P-L-Y and uh, fill out an application. And again, no commitment, no, no obligation or anything. Just jump on a call and let's discuss. And we'll see if we're a great fit for you. We've got a few spots remaining. We only take on a limited amount of people all the time. So we're sure we can onboard you effectively and give you the right process and the right plan and the right program. And everything's customized. There's no cookie cutter or anything. And my coaches have been working with me for a long time and they're very, very well trained. I see these coaches are as good as me or better in many cases in, at what they're good at. Uh, so without further ado and more rambling from me, I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast uh, by me in this recent live workshop. Enjoy. There's one thing that I think of that most people don't usually mention in the conversation around longevity. You know what that is for me? That's quality of movement. So think of an old person and think of an old person who moves well Does that versus one who doesn't. Does that in your mind, is it highly correlated with longevity, quality of movement? So think about um, why the brain has evolved. You guys, there's an amazing video on YouTube that's worth watching, talking about why the brain evolved, why humans actually evolved to be the species we are. And the suggestion is that we, the brain evolved for complex movement. Think about it. Talking, uh, movement. Eating, uh, movement, right? Communicating, movement. Walking, lo locomotion, hunting, all of it. Complex movement. And without the ability to move uh, in a variety of ways, ultimately our brain starts to deteriorate. It starts to diminish. It doesn't develop. So in childhood, if you are anyone as parents, one of the things you're told or you're taught as a parent is to expose your child to as many different types of movement as possible. And that's not just for physical development. While that is important, the nervous system develops. It's also for, also for mental development. And your brain is literally laying down these new lines, these new pathways as you progress through life as a child and into old age, right? And this is still happening right now, regardless of what age you are. So as we all embark on the next 20, 30, 50 years of our lives, I want you all to be aware of how are you intentionally introducing new and complex movements into your life. The biggest thing that I hope to be able to give you guys and be able to take away is thinking differently about movement. And movement should be this um, intentional participation in, in a variety of different things done well with a body that's prepared to do it. Right. So, this is kind of where I want to kick off today is this concept of like a body that's prepared to do it. Right. And so, do any of you feel as though as you've aged, you've lost the ability to do certain things? Does anyone feel that way? Yeah. I'll be honest, I have. And, and here's the crazy thing I'm, I'm on here teaching about um, complex movement. And the last three months of my life has actually been the most 
limited I've been in movement in my entire life. One specific injury, and it's driving me insane. And uh, I can tell you guys about it. So most people don't know this, and this is this is one of the things that's driving me to study even more than I did for the last fifteen years. That's driving me to study um, how to heal the body, how the body should be moving as we age. Right? I'm forty-one. Um, and I've been really, really blessed to drive the car really, really fast for many, many years, right? And I say that metaphorically, like I had the pedal down for quite a few years and my body showed up for me every day. I literally would look in the mirror and I still look in the mirror and I encourage each and every one of you to do this. So wake up in the mirror every day. You look at the scars, you look at the bumps and the bruises and the imperfections and you smile and you say, thank you, right? It's like when you walk out and you see your favorite old, old muscle car, you know, you guys see those those '70s cars riding down the road. You're like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's what I, that's what I see when I look at my body. <laughs> I see this old muscle car, and I'm like, yeah, you're still doing pretty good, man. You know, he's, he's still shiny, he's still driving pretty fast, and he's got a lot of great miles on him. And or maybe you know her, I say him. And uh, but the bumps and bruises are just an indication of, of the the trials and tribulations and the hardships that I put it through, and it still shows up for me every single day. That allows me to fill my heart and my mind with gratitude for my body. And by filling my heart and my mind with gratitude for my body, I feel good about myself every day. Regardless of what I've done that day, I feel good about myself. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, that feeling good about your body is one of the most important things that you need to start engaging with every single day. If you're constantly down on yourself, or you're constantly hating your body, you're, you, there's a lot of negative emotions that go with that. I know it sounds woo-woo, and I'm not going to spend any amount of time on this. But to be honest, there, there's so much value in just appreciating this gift. Like some of you guys have some mileage on that body. You know, some of you, all of us have some mileage on that body. And that body never asked for anything in return. Maybe it asked for a little bit of TLC. Maybe it asked for a little bit of great nutrition. But in general, it heals for you. It moves for you. Right, it allows you to participate in pleasurable activities. It allows you to train hard. It allows you to to engage deeply. It allows you to explore the world in life. And I'll tell you what, man, that's just fucking cool. Like, that's just cool. And if you guys don't see that yet, I hope that I can be the catalyst for that for you. And, and realizing that this body is an absolute gift, right? If you if, if you're someone who's into cars and you're like, hey, I want to buy a muscle car but you don't take care of your body <laughs> or you're like, Hey, I want to invest in something outside of yourself. And you don't take care of your body. Your body is literally the vehicle. Right. And I often say that to, within my coaching community, I often say that the greatest gift or sorry, the greatest investment I ever made, the, by far the greatest investment I've ever made is in myself. It's in my body, right? It's in my body. It's in my mind and learning how to become a master of my body has been certainly one of the greatest um, gifts I've given to myself. Here's why. If I want to take on a new skill. So lately, I've taken on um, flying lessons. So I'm becoming a pilot, getting my pilot's lessons. I've taken on Muay Thai. I've taken on Jiu Jitsu. I've started surfing and not, not, not a lot because I'm not in Costa Rica anymore, but um, started mountain biking recently. Um, gosh, what else am I doing? Playing baseball again at 41. I played a very high level baseball, but I'm doing all of these things that many guys as the age, ah, I don't know, man. I don't know. And I'll tell you what, I'm not just doing it. I'm doing it at a high level. And, and I'm not saying this to boast. I'm simply saying to let you guys know what's possible when you learn to master your body. So 
there, there's a number of levels that I hope to, to give you guys today that will help you improve your ability to, to achieve this level of self-mastery, right? So self-mastery in my mind is simply the ability to choose and participate and eventually master, right? So if I want to pick something up next week, say I decide to play, pick up playing the piano, I have, a, I have a level of mastery over my nervous system, over myself, over my mind that allows me to acquire skills faster than most people do. Now, this is not a genetic endowment, right? I'm not particularly genetically blessed. You guys all know my story, right? Or some of you know my story, some of you don't. If you don't, I'll give you the 30-second version. So I grew up in a family of obese alcoholics, and no one had ever finished high school. No one had ever finished university. Um, I did obviously finish high school and finish university. Um, I'm the first one to ever play a professional sport. I think I'm the first one to ever set foot in the gym. My dad tells me stories of the glory days in high school when he's training in the gym in high school, but he was probably 15 years old. And um, yeah, I don't come from a family of particularly fit people. I don't come from a family of wealthy people. From the time I was seven years old, I say I was the lone wolf. I would do everything on my own, including ride the subway and the bus in a major city, Toronto. Um, I did a lot of things that um, allowed me to develop a lot of character, a lot of strength, and a lot of belief in myself. And over the last, you know, call it 20 years, maybe 25 now, actually, I'm shorting myself in mastering the body. I've learned a lot. Hey, everybody, we'll be right back to the show after a quick message from our sponsor. All right, ladies and gents, today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Buy Optimizers. They have done it again with a ketogenic optimization product. If you're someone who's consuming uh, fat, if you're someone who's consuming a ketogenic diet, optimization of digestion, absorption, assimilation is incredibly important. Capex is the product that was designed to rev up your cellular metabolism, ultimately energy production, energy capacity, specifically from fat. The ingredients in this product are all specifically chosen to optimize the ketogenic state, optimizing mitochondrial energy production, uh, optimizing the delivery of the fat into the mitochondria, and ultimately helping with the breakdown of the fats. And ultimately, just so you feel really, really great on a ketogenic diet, it's got some great um, astragalus in there. It's got some panics, ginseng, some things to, to help with brain function and metabolism. So our friends over at Bioptimizers are going to offer you guys 10% off and you can use the code MUSCLE10 when you head over to kenergize.com. That's the word energize with a K in the beginning, K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E.com slash muscle to get hooked up with 10% off. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Organifi. Um, you guys know that for a long time, I've been a fan of greens and reds specifically. I think every man should, should be taking greens and reds really every day. Women too. Uh, women, I find, tend to like the gold. It tends to be very soothing. It's like a treat after dinner. Uh, the green specifically, uh, guys, if you're not already taking it, you need those micronutrients. You want those phytonutrients. You want to cover your bases. I, for a long time, probably 20 years, I've always been taking some semblance of a green product. And Organifi is the one that I'm taking right now. It's an incredibly great tasting product. Oftentimes, they taste not very good. Uh, Organifi tastes amazing and it works really well, 100% organic. It's also loaded with adaptogens to help you recover uh, adrenally so you're not stressed or you're not overly stressed recovering from that. And specifically, the reds 
If you're training, you should be taking some type of reds, which ultimately is a derivative of beets and berries and things like that, that allow the dilation of the blood vessels, or we want to dilate our blood vessels so our penis works, so our muscles work, and we get great pumps. So if you guys aren't already taking Organifi, head over to Organifi.com slash muscle and get hooked up with 20% off. So you guys know. It's not because I give a shit about you guys building muscle if, you're building, if I'm being honest. Do you know why I want you to build muscle? It's because I want you guys to be confident in yourself. That's why I help guys build muscle. I don't give a shit if you put on 20 pounds of muscle. I, what I give a shit about is the 20 pounds of muscle or what comes with the 20 pounds of muscle, right? It's the confidence. It's the belief in yourself to know that you can. It's to stop being insecure and downing yourself. It's not, stop being a shithead to the people around you because now you believe in yourself and you can right? That's really what comes with muscle. It's the development of character, right? It's a development of discipline. It's a development of self-respect. And you know what? I could throw a piece of garbage on the tra- on the ground or trash on the ground if, if somebody paid me. Why? Because I'm like, man, that's going to go into my water and that's going to grow my vegetables. And I'm going to drink that. Like this body's a temple. That sounds very egocentric, but it's uh, like what, I, what I've done is I've taken this this uh, intentionality, this depth of, of awareness from my body and what my body does. And, it's, and, I, and I've expanded it to my, my ecosystem around me, right? And I don't want my ecosystem around me to, so I don't want the air quality around me to suffer because I got to breathe that. I don't want the water to suffer because I got to drink that. And so that's what fitness has done for me. And the, the fact that I'm so highly aware of my body on the inside uh, allows me to be exponentially more effective in every area of my life because I'm intentional. Right? What does intentional mean? You guys ever read like self-help books and all these things that talk about the, the power of the moment, be present in the moment, right? What does that mean? Right? For me, that means mindfulness. Hear about mindfulness. What's mindfulness? I want to be present in this moment in my body. Right? So one of the things I want to teach you guys, and there's a very nice streamlined segue here. There's a very, very direct line between this idea of like, um, you know, being the best version of yourself, self-improvement, and, uh, you know, being present, the power of now, mindfulness, all these things that are being perpetuated around the world, and using your body, using the training that you're already doing to become a more effective human in everything you do to become a better representation of the human species, right? A better man, a better leader for future generations. That's what I'm about. Hopefully you guys have some interest in that. And if you don't, that's okay. Uh, But that's why I do what I do because what I've seen muscle do, not, not just muscle, but fitness do for people, right? Get in shape, build muscle, lose fat. What I've seen it do for people is mind-blowing. What I care about is, are you becoming the type of person that follows through on your goals, that has discipline, right? So we don't set the goal for the muscle, right? We set the goal for for what the muscle brings into our life. So if I accomplish this goal, what am I going to achieve? What am I really going to, who am I becoming in the process? Okay. So this is a beautiful segue into a couple of things I want to teach today. Um, One, Motivation. I want to start with motivation because many, many people say, hey, you know, Ben, I lack motivation. Anyone ever feel like you lack motivation? Yeah, sometimes it's okay. Listen, it's okay. We all lack motivation sometimes. What really is motivation? Motivation, if you break it down to what it truly is, it's the absence of motion, right? It's the absence of progress. 
So if we if we make progress, however small, and we're aware of the progress, because sometimes you can do things and you're making progress, but you haven't become aware of it. Example, if you guys train every day without a plan, how do you know that you're 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 winning or not? How do you know you're accomplishing what you set out to accomplish? Right? You don't know. You're just doing. And that's a big, big mistake a lot of you guys are making. A lot of you guys, and some of you guys making that mistake. Are you just going to the gym and, and just arbitrarily doing stuff and feel like I, I did something, I feel better? You're missing, you're missing motivation, right? You're missing the opportunity. So if you guys want all understand, I'll explain this to you really quickly. Motivation it happens as a result of forward progress, right? When we when we humans, when we sense or achieve forward movement in any direction, we feel a sense of motivation. We feel we get a dopamine hit. Like, oh, I feel good about this. I feel good about myself. I made progress, right? So progress comes as a result of forward movement and ultimately dopamine. Does that make sense? And if we don't know the direction we're going, we're just arbitrarily doing stuff and hoping we're going to get there. You can't get the benefit. You can't get the dopamine. So therefore, you can't feel motivation. So the absence of clarity and a specific goal, by definition, requires you to not have motivation. It's impossible to have it. So if any of you are currently training and not following a a specific plan where you know you can win the day, you're failing. You're failing. And and you're you're, you're making it harder than it needs to be. So here's my thought on, on motivation. Motivation, in my mind, breaks down to three things. Motivation breaks down to energy, clarity, and action. Energy, clarity, action, right? So I need I need energy. Like you need little energy, and I'll talk to you about that in a second. You need clarity because you need to know where you're going. You need a plan. You need to go a plan that you can actually follow and execute, and then you need to take action on that plan. That's pretty simple, right? Energy, clarity, action. That's what we need. So if we have if if some of you guys lack energy, which many of us do, if you just had an abundance of energy, what would you do with your day? If there was no shortage of energy, kind of like when you were a kid, right? What would you do? The answer is whatever the hell you want, and you would do it really well, right? So then maybe, so we, we definitely then we will admit we have an energy problem, right? And now let me ask you this. Anyone who doesn't say they lack energy, maybe you people are taking caffeine every day or nicotine every day or you know Adderall every day. These things that people take just kind of like, oh yeah, my doctor says I need it. Great. But the, the reality is it's the absence of energy that requires you to need that. So does that make anyone else want to raise their hand around the absence of energy? Okay. So we need energy and then we need clarity, which is what I just talked about. If you guys aren't training in a specific, <laughs> Brad, yeah, totally. If you're if you're not training in a specific way, moving toward a specific goal, you're failing yourself because you literally don't have the ability to be motivated. It's literally an impossibility, right? Motivation in its definition is, is progress toward a worthy ideal, Right. It's in some infinitesimal amount progress toward a worthy ideal. That's where, where motivation comes from. Energy, clarity, action. And action's easy when you have energy and clarity, isn't it? Isn't it easier if I have an abundance? If I wake up in the morning, and I feel just so full of energy for me to go and train, for me to go and move, for me to go and participate in work and whatever I got to do. It's easy to be motivated if you have an abundance of energy. So we should be addressing energy. So what's energy? Energy is ultimately the ability of us to extrapolate uh, ATP from the food we eat or from stored calories. And I'm going to guess everyone on this call probably has an abundance of stored calories. Nobody here is under 6% body fat or 8% body fat. 
We all have an abundance of stored calories, but what we're lacking is the ability to turn those stored calories into utilizable energy at a fast enough rate. Does that make sense? Nobody lacks energy. None, none of you guys lack energy. You have hundreds of thousands of stored calories and energy on your body at all times. What you lack is the ability to turn those stored calories into utilizable energy at a fast enough rate. So when it comes to movement, the, where I begin, you walk into my world, this, we're walking to my gym. And the first place I'm, I'm, I'm engaging with your body, right? First place I'm engaging with your movement, two places, breathing, walking, right? So I'm going to watch the way you breathe. And ultimately it's posture, right? So we have static posture and just not moving. Like that's the first foundation of all human movement. Like, what do you look like when you're not moving? And then it's okay. Breathing and walking, by the way, are the only two functional movements that we have as humans. People try to talk about all these other, you know, functional movements. Ultimately, the, the aspiration of all these other functional movements are really just to balance your structure, right? So when we when we speak about balancing your structure, all that means in my mind is I want to have an equal amount of pulling on my skeletal system, left to right, front to back, and rotationally. That's balance. So in the beginning, all of you guys should be striving for some semblance of structural balance. An easy way to think about balance, even though this is a way oversimplification, an easy way to think about balance is if you had a golf ball sitting on a tee and you had strings pulling it in every direction, those, those strings would have to be balanced. Otherwise, the ball would fall off the tee. And so think of your muscles in a very similar way, even though that's, it is an, an oversimplification. Some muscles can pull more than others. Basically, you need to have a relatively balanced level of pulling in all these different directions in your body. And that could be around your ankle and that could be around your knee and that could be around your hip and spine and shoulder and, and your, even your neck, right? All, there needs to be a balanced pull. So that means uh, we need an equal amount of tone. So tonicity, muscle tension, think of an elastic band all these muscles are effectively working like elastic bands. And if something's too tight on one side, that causes tension. And oftentimes people say, hey, you're really tight in this area. You should stretch. And I have a belief that that's not the right approach. And I'll tell you guys a little more why in a few minutes. So if you think of this golf ball on a tee analogy, um, we need for all of those strings to be pulling in, in an equal amount in, in, in every proportionate direction, right? So one of the, the explanations I often like to provide is everyone in the world, based on your genetics, based on your history up to this point, so that's your training, that's your athletic background, that's your stress, that's your sleep, that's your current lifestyle, like do you sit at a desk all day? Everyone has developed some pattern in their body, right? And so what the pattern looks like is we have some muscles that are hypertonic, right? Move, they, they move to, to uh, hypertonic, meaning too much tone. And we have uh, muscles that are hypotonic, meaning the absence of tone. And so think of if I have one muscle that's pulling really hard, it's hypertonic, too much tone. Another one's hypotonic, not enough tone. Then we have this unequal pulling that ultimately takes our structure out of alignment. Yes. So what we all need to do as aspiring athletes is we learn need to learn how to balance those out. I'm going to teach you guys how to do that right now. You can only have two conscious points of attention at a time. And my suggestion is while you're training, 
They're in the here and the now. They're not in the future, what I have to do later and the shit that I'm stressed about and the stuff that I forgot to do in the past or potentially my failures in the past, how I haven't been good at this exercise, how I haven't been good at this program, how I've always been fat my whole life or how I've always been skinny my whole life. All of that melts away and all I can focus on is what's happening inside of my body, right? And so the greatest advantage that I have over everyone else in training is the depth of intentionality that I can take with me into the gym in my ability to stay present in a set, in a workout, and ultimately take a set much further than most people ever will. And not just, not just how hard I can push myself, but how much tension I can intentionally generate within a muscle. So it's effectiveness. So what we're trying to do, ladies and gents, is we're trying to take that 60 minutes, that 90 minutes, that two hours you're already spending in the gym or that 40 minutes you're already spending in the gym and increase the effectiveness of it. So now if I were to do that exact same practice and I would say, okay, let's take that practice and let's impart that on a bicep curl or a squat or a deadlift, you can do the exact same thing, right? And it's bringing your attention into the breath. It's bringing your attention into the body and feeling what you feel on the inside of your body while you're training. Most of you guys, when you train, have an external focus. How much weight is in the bar? How many dumbbells are in my hand? Or how much the weight is? How many reps I'm doing? All that stuff is secondary. It's not unimportant. I won't say that it's unimportant. It is important, but it's secondary to how much tension is being directed to the muscle I'm trying to train. Okay. So this is really important stuff. Now, this is, this is the foundation. Like if I could give you guys, the reason I start with this, if I can give you guys one thing to take away, it's this, here's why, you know, why the, you know, why a lot of people don't do this. People like Ronnie Coleman doesn't do this and all these other professional bodies, you know, they don't do it because it's hard. If anyone, if any of you guys have ever followed my stuff or executed the way I train, it's really, really hard. You know, where it's hard, not physically, yes, physically, but mentally. It's, it's really challenging mentally in the beginning to take this information and apply it to what you do. You know why? It requires you slow down. It requires you be present and you no longer sling shit from point A to point B, right? Which is what most people do. Most people go in the gym and they do the least possible work they can, which is why they get the least imaginable results, right? Most people, how many of you guys have been in the gym for you know, longer than two years and are unhappy with your results? In general, do you feel as though you could get more results or you maybe you deserve more results for the amount of time and effort you're putting in? Anybody? Yeah, most guys, yeah, yeah, man, I do. Yeah, it's because your effectiveness is low. You're this is this is and this important to know, it's not your fault, right? Your body, the human body, is such a beautiful, elegant design. You're designed to make things easier, you're designed to survive. Your body has has evolved over millions of years to make things easier for you. When I do a pull-up, your body goes, get me from here to there, not challenge my lats, right? Or our mindset needs to shift. So that introduces the next concept I want to talk about. Challenge versus completion, okay? So what is challenge? Seek challenge, not completion. So when you're doing a, any particular exercise, you guys can do one set and make it exponentially more beneficial when you simply seek to challenge the muscle maximally at every inch of every rep. The results are 
exponentially greater. So in every workout, there's subjective and objective variables. Subjective variables is, well, what are you thinking about? Subjective variables are, where's your focus? It's, you know, are, are you intentionally contracting this muscle? These are subjective. Objective are the things like, uh, you know, the programming variables, volume and intensity and frequency and density and load. Those are all um, objective variables. We're going to talk about objective variables too. But first, I think the thing that people miss are the subjective variables. How do we then take this and apply it to everything we do, right? One of the hardest things to do in the gym, and this is going to sound funny to you, but this is one of the hardest things to do, or one of the um, one of the gaps, one of the deficiencies that I see. You know, I'll say this: I've been very blessed in my life to travel the world. You know, I've traveled to I don't know, a lot of countries, trained in a lot of gyms, seen a lot of people train, and I observe everyone. And I never, I never am critical. I'm always uh, complimentary, and I do my best to offer advice and guidance when people want it. And what I'll tell you is 95% of men, maybe a 98, are simply not getting it done in the gym, right? You're not getting the results you want because you're simply not getting it done in the gym. All those excuses you have around your genetics and your time and your nutrition is all bullshit. You, if you're honest with yourself, you're not getting it done in the gym. And how do I know? It's because when people train with me for three months, their body changes. And if you're, if you're not getting it done in the gym, if I can't help you, so I can't do everything online, right? I can't always help people 100% if I'm not standing there with you, but 90% of the people I work with, the, the changes are astronomical if they simply follow the plan. Right. So, and the only in cases, the only exceptions are injuries or people who don't follow the plan. So the reality is, and I want you guys to take ownership for this. Be honest with yourself. If you're not getting it done in the gym, right. And here's the, here's the catch. Standards are subjective, right? How many people see people on social media or in their gym and they're like, oh man, I crushed it today. I had an absolute killer workout. No, you fucking didn't. Like, no, you didn't. Right. Compared to what? Right. That's always the reality. And, and the reality is that most people are comparing themselves to a very low standard. And I hope each and every one of you guys leaves today with a higher standard. Right. And one of the gifts that I've been imparted with in my life is like, I surround myself with exceptional humans. People in my coaching are truly exceptional humans. And like, I'm inspired by the people I get to work with. Like, and, and they, they lift me to a higher standard. And I hope I do the same for them. And the reality is, guys, this world is soft and weak and accepting of mediocrity. And if you are, then you're always going to accept a mediocre standard for yourself. And my suggestion to you right now is you say, enough of that. Right, enough of that, and and increase your standard, right? And so, how do we do that? How do we increase our standard? Well, hard work is an absolute necessity, right? Work hard on something every day. One of the notes that I have here that I wanted to talk about today, uh, before we get into the objective and some of the more subjective stuff, is what you need in training. What you need in life, you need a worthy adversary, don't you? Right? Think about this. When life is easy. What do you do? You get soft, right? Man, I I I, incur, I I look for a worthy adversary. As a professional bodybuilder, I looked for somebody. I, I sought the world. I, I literally just like visited as many gyms as I could to find a worthy adversary, someone who I knew could hang in the gym, someone I knew I couldn't keep up with. Like I craved that. Like I crave 
aggressive competition. Like I wouldn't have backed down from anyone, anyone, right? And, and I think in general, most people are afraid of competition rather than welcoming it and saying, regardless of the outcome of this, I'm going to get better. People are afraid of losing. Anybody here afraid of losing? It's okay. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'll tell you what. That's not a bad thing. I think it's maybe a good thing to be afraid of losing because like, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> yeah, and again, guys, this, this is all stuff that you know in your heart, right? You know in your soul. And sometimes society is built in a way that it removes the opportunity from you, doesn't it? It, rem it removes the challenge. It removes the obstacles. If you're cold, put on the heat. If you're hot, put on the air conditioning. If you're hungry, go to the grocery store, right? There's no worthy adversary, right? Certainly physically. There may be mental adversaries, right? It seems like the government's trying to be a mental adversary to induce fear in all of us sometimes. But uh as far as a physical adversary, right? And, and so if you don't have an, a direct physical adversary, then you need to create one yourself. You need to create one yourself. You need to start writing and, and engaging in communities or writing workouts that are intentionally outside the realm of your comfort zone and make you better. How many of you guys go to the gym and do the same thing all the time? Do the things you're good at? A bench, a squat. I do the same shit I'm good at all the time. Yeah. No. How do you get better? Right? Great. We're going to move the needle on the thing you're good at. Good. But you're only as good as your weakest link. Right? Do the things you suck at. Right? That's that's the key. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger became obviously famous for many things. But one of the things he was famous for as a bodybuilder was cutting off the the all of his pants from the knee down. He cut off all of his pants. Why? Because in his early career, everyone made fun of how small his calves were. And by the end of his career, he had the best calves in the world at the time, um, right? So think about that, right? So what are we doing? He's intentionally exposing his weaknesses and saying, I'm willing to do the work. I believe in myself enough to do the work. I mean, maybe this is my enormous ego, right? But like, if there's something that I'm bad at, like, I want to get good at this thing, right? Like, that sucks. It's just a weakness. It's like a, it's like a chink in the armor, man. Like, I don't want that. So coming back to the the kind of training variables. Um, so there's three things that we need um, in training that are kind of prerequisites to effective workouts, mobility, stability, and skill. And so every program should intentionally include mobility, stability, and skill with respect to weight training. So I want you guys to create some subcategories here. So when we comes when it comes down to if, let's let's back up for a second. High level overview of any training program, three components, different three components. High level overview. We need weight training, we need mobility training, and we need aerobic training, or cardiovascular training. We need those three things, right? We need resistance, we need mobility, and we need cardiovascular training. Yes? That every every workout program must include those. Now I want you to think of those like volume knobs. So you can you can turn each volume knob to a certain degree, but you have to have them all present. Some people say, I don't want to do any cardio. I hate doing cardio. You must do cardio. You must. Do you know why? Anyone have a hard time recovering between sets? Does it take you like if I wrote 90 seconds in your program, would it take you longer than that? Um, yeah, most guys, honestly, man, if I program for um, 90 second rest periods, most guys lose their mind. Like I can't do it. Well, guess what? 
than you should, right? We, we, so again, I'll say this is important. This is a very important fact. If you guys are having a hard time recovering between sets, then your aerobic fitness is poor. If you're having a hard time recovering between workouts, subsequent workouts, meaning you're sore, you're lethargic, you feel pretty beat up after the workout or the end of the day, you're pretty beat up. Your aerobic fitness is poor. Your body is very much dependent on aerobic fitness, the aerobic energy system to replenish its energy stores while at rest. So aerobic fitness has to be a high level priority for people in the beginning of a training program. So not always, right? But if you guys, if you are currently developing or want to develop your own, if you're going to join our coaching program, one of the things the first thing we're going to do is we're going to improve your aerobic fitness aggressively, aggressively in the beginning. Does it suck? Great. It does get better. It only sucks. Listen, here's the thing I tell my kids. Everything you currently do at one point in your life sucked. Everything that is now easy was once hard. Everything, right? Walking was once hard, right? Running was once hard. Everything you currently do that's easy and and unconscious was once hard, right? Nothing in life is hard. You just haven't done it enough yet, right? So that's the that's the reality. It, it doesn't even have to be like this is the this isn't meant to be David Goggins, right? I'm not trying to tell you to embrace the suck. It doesn't even have to be that. It doesn't even have to suck. Go to the brink of discomfort and then stop. Like once I start to feel uncomfortable, stop. The next day you come back, go to the brink of discomfort and go five steps more or ten seconds more, right? Like it doesn't have to be going into the depths of hell, like, you know, the David Goggins style, just like you suck it up until you're in the hospital. Like, great. If you want to do it, do it. But the reality is it doesn't have to be that. It never has to be hard. I don't see there's specific, um, well, people in my coaching will tell you one of the things that we are very well known for is just proving that it's not hard. Like there's nothing about this that has to be hard. It's simply learning what levers to pull right? Like all of you guys can get in shape, every one of you guys. And when I say in shape, sub 10% body fat, 20 pounds more muscle than you have right now, right? Every one of you guys, without a question, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, every one of you guys can be sub 10% body fat. There's no reason why you can't. And it probably won't take you more than three or four months if you commit, right? In some cases, I'll be honest, in some cases, some people are metabolically broken and it takes much longer. I'm working with a guy right now Two guys, actually. One guy's got an amazing, he's, one guy's lost 35 pounds in uh, maybe 11 weeks or something. And the other guy has lost zero pounds in 11 weeks. And that's interesting, isn't it? And um, well, there's also an adherence issue there. But the reality is some people, are it's harder than others, but that doesn't mean he can't do it. And that doesn't mean he won't do it. We're just looking, we're, prob- we're solving, solving problems, right? We're looking at his metabolism. We're looking at his training. We're looking at what's happening internally. We're saying, okay, what is this guy's lever that we need to pull next to get him to drop five, to get him to drop 10, 25 pounds, right? Every one of you guys has the capacity to do it. If you have the right plan, what did I say you need? Energy, clarity, action. That's it, man. That's how you get progress, energy, clarity, and action. So let's work on that. Okay, coming back to training. So I said you need strength training, cardiovascular training, mobility training, right? So don't neglect the other two. How many of you guys only make time for weight training and don't engage in cardio and don't engage in mobility training? Huge mistake. While, while it can work for some people, right? You will always eventually be bottlenecked. Your weakest link will always eventually be your ability to move or your ability to recover. Always. 
you're only as good as your ability to recover, right? You can only train as hard as your ability to recover. So why is mobility important? Is mobility important in weight, weight training? So important. Why? You can't train a muscle in a range of motion that you can't access, right? I can't, if, I, if I'm trying to, anyone have a weak body part? Here, here's a fact. Okay. I want you to think about your weak body part. You don't have to tell me what it is. You think about it yourself. All right. So listen, I'll tell you with 100% certainty, you think about that weak body part, I'll tell you with 100% certainty, it's weak in the short position. Weak as a kitten in the short position, right? So what's a short position? Find it. And so oftentimes when it's weak in the short position, it tells you the antagonist muscle is tight. Example, how many of you guys have weak lats? How many of you guys have weak lats? Yeah. Okay. So the reason that your lats are often weak, you're going to be weak in the short position and you're going to be weak in the lengthened position almost 100% of the time or probably 100% of the time. And that's really specifically um, caused by weakness of surrounding synergistic muscles, right? So any body part you guys want to improve, anyone, 100% of the time, if you're trying to improve a weak body part before you, what does everyone say? More volume more training, more frequency. Wrong. First, get strong at the extremes. You get strong at the extremes, everything else in the middle gets stronger and your body part will grow. So, and now it may not grow to be world-class. It may not grow to be, you know, Ronnie Coleman or Arnold Schwarzenegger, but uh, it can absolutely grow to a significant proportion. You know, the, the metaphor is, or the thing I say is, if you can grow any muscle, you can grow them all. There's a difference, obviously, in the size of your muscle belly. Some people have small muscle bellies. Some people have big muscle bellies. But you can still build that muscle. Man, I think the coolest thing about this is like some people, some people achieve a goal and they stop. And for me, it's like, well, let's see what we're capable of. It's life is a game. Do you guys see it like like that, or am I just weird? Like, I think fitness is a game. I think business is a game. And, and if you make it a game, then it's more about curiosity and fun than it is about like stress and pressure, right? It's like, I'm just going to play this game. Let's see. Let's have some fun. Let's see if I can become really good at playing this game, right? That's it. And like, become really good at playing the game of, of training, become really good at playing the game of nutrition. It's just a game. You're just trying to figure it out. One thing I just said that that was important um, just to kind of come back and refresh is when it comes to weak body parts, first improve. So here's coming back to this, like your body distributing tension, making things easy thing. If I'm doing a bicep curl, my body's looking for the path of least resistance. My body goes, I am innately weak at the length and shortened position. So I'm going to try to divert um, energy, divert work away from those positions. I'm going to do as little as I possibly can. So in those positions, your body finds a way to cheat. Always. So how does your body cheat? It moves things closer to the midline. It'll move things closer to the midline of the body. And it'll use other muscles to support our move. So if you guys will ever, here's, here's an example, right? You guys ever do like a bench press? I'll give you an example of bench press, but it looks like a shoulder press. So I'm doing a bench press and I'm doing 100 pounds and I have it here. You know, I'm doing 100 pound bench presses. And then I do 110 and I go like this. And I do 120 and I'm here. Everyone ever do that? You guys ever notice that? So what you're doing is you're bringing it closer to the midline. What you're actually doing is you're bringing it closer to the axis of rotation. When this 120-pound dumbbell is directly over the axis of rotation, my delt in this case or my pec is doing no work or much less work, right? It's way more work to the, to the tricep just because you're bringing it closer to the midline. 
and then your body will find some way to cheat and throw it, right? So if you guys are looking for ways to improve your uh, tension, your ability to generate work, three modes of progress, ready? Write them down. Time, distance, load. First, you challenge time, which means get to the bottom of the range, get to the top of the range, get to certain points in the range and stop. Slow down the ranges, challenge tempos, right? So if you want to improve your ability to challenge muscles, first challenge time, always, always first challenge time. Second, challenge distance. What does that mean? Well, if I'm doing a press here, all of a sudden I go like this, everybody look at me. If I do this, one centimeter wider, I start here, watch this, one centimeter wider, that press is exponentially harder on the muscles I'm trying to train. Because when people, you ever hear, ever hear someone talk about exercise and they say exercise is mass times acceleration? I don't ever hear anybody say that. Force like equals mass time. Well, delete them, get rid of them because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Here's why it's not mass times acceleration, right? Because it's not a, nothing in the body is a straight line, right? It's, it's not just nothing in the body is a straight line. Everything in the body is an arc. So if you look up the calculation for uh, force production in arc, they also have to include the distance. So it's mass times acceleration, mass times acceleration times distance. So there's a distance component. And a distance is 50% of the equation. So it's equal to the amount of mass, equal. So if I increase the amount of distance, even insignificantly, or I decrease the amount of distance insignificantly, it can have a significant change on the amount of tension or torque needed by my muscles. Does that make sense? Was that confusing? A little bit. Well, here's the, here's the thing, right? If I hold the weight like this, I can hold it there all day. If I hold it here, I can't hold it very long. If I hold it here, I can't hold it there long at all. What did I change? Same weights in my hand. All I change is the distance. So the distance is it's this concept of moment arm. If you guys want to look up the concept of moment arm, that's that's what the if you were to study the physics of exercise, the phys, physics of biomechanics, moment arms is what you're studying. And studying walking mechanics is actually really, really interesting and actually quite simple that I think is probably one of the most uh, underutilized tools for optimizing overall body function. I strongly believe that most people walk poorly and that translates directly into all. So if, listen, if your posture is bad, your breathing mechanics are bad, your walking mechanics are bad, everything you stock, so you stack on top of that, everything you stack on top of that, any movement is dysfunctional by definition. So if, you're, if your walking mechanics are, are faulty, then everything you do in squatting and lunging and, and leg pressing, it's all dysfunctional. You're creating further dysfunction. If your breathing mechanics are dysfunctional, your overhead movements, your pressing movements, it's all ultimately leading to further dysfunction. So the foundation of everything we do has to be this aspiration for structural balance, right? Move your body in, in the direction of structural balance. Here, here's a way for you guys to assess. When you're walking, you walk on a single line. How many of you guys walk like if you're walking on skis, you walk in like two lines? You're supposed to walk on one line, right? Your foot should land under your center of mass every step. That's step one, right? So that requires your hips to be able to sway. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about, right? Hip sway. Guys don't typically do that. Guys typically walk like Neanderthals, like you're walking like on skis, right? You're not supposed, that's the way you're supposed to walk, one line. And to do that, you need to have enough hip abduction, hip adduction, enough hip sway to go back and forth to do that. So if you don't have that, start there. Then you want to make sure your feet are doing uh, what they're meant to be doing, right? Which is not slap footing. 
if you currently wear a large rubber heel on your on your shoe, like a large rubber sole, you're taking away your body's ability to feel the ground. And therefore, you're probably using the rubber as a shock absorber when your foot is meant to be the shock absorber. And if you guys feel like uh, you're, if you don't have flat feet or maybe they have heel, heel, heel spurs or plantar fasciitis or all these things that are very common, why that happens is because when we're very young, we're put into these big rubber Nikes or whatever kind of shoes that have these huge rubber soles and our brains, be, our feet become lazy. Our feet don't have the shock absorb anymore. They can just slap foot. And as soon as you take that uh, rubber heel away, you have no more function of your foot. It's like your foot's kind of doing this. Your foot's supposed to be able to do this. It's kind of doing this, right? It's dysfunctional. So then everything up the chain now becomes dysfunctional. So I'm neurotically obsessed with foot and ankle mechanics because uh, if you can't fix your feet, the likelihood of you fixing your hips and your back is zero. Zero. Anyone have back and hip problems? Fix your feet. Yeah, fix your feet. Guarantee your feet are jacked. Fix them. Your hips will get better. Just, just by fixing your feet, your hips will get better. They may not get perfect, but they'll get better. For the last 12 months, actually tomorrow is exactly 12 months. I didn't know that. Um, we've been working with a number of high-level people around the world. And, and when I say high-level, it doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, it doesn't mean anything other than people who are aspiring for high-level achievement. And what I find creates success versus creating failure, right? A large number of people in art coaching are succeeding really, really well. And I, and I thought this is relevant and valuable information for you guys to understand. Like, what's the difference between people who succeed and people who, people who fail, right? And again, failure is subjective. It could be maybe they achieve 30% of their goal or 50 or 80% of their goal. Um, but the difference between people who succeed and people who fail, in my experience, is the people who succeed simply follow the plan, right? And you can question it all you want. You can, you can ask as many questions as you want, but it's one, having a plan, two, following through, regardless of circumstance. Now, sometimes you're like, hey, man, I can't train today. Something came up. No problem. Make it up tomorrow, right? But it seems so simple that if someone lays out a plan that is proven to work and you want to get to this end result, if you simply follow the plan, you'll get there. Yet, some people don't follow through. So my question comes to, or my brain goes to, well, maybe they didn't actually want the thing they thought they wanted. Have you guys ever thought about this? Are you willing to do what it takes? There's the gap, right? There's the gap. Many people have dreams and pipe dreams and aspirations of like, hey, man, I want to build muscle. I want to look like the guy on the cover of the magazine. Everyone wants to look like the guy on the cover of the magazine. Right? Everyone wants to be sub 10% body fat. Everyone wants $10 million in their bank account. Right, But how many people do it? Here's the call to arms. Right, You only get one life. And if, if you actually want what you say you want, what the fuck are you waiting for? Right, What's standing in your way? Seriously, life is not guaranteed. Right, Tomorrow is not promised. Life is short. And it, it drives me like here, guy, I get passionate about this and I get, sometimes people get offended by my approach, but like, I, I got your back, man. Like, let's do this. If you're willing to do what it takes, then there's no reason why you can't. And if you're not willing to do what it takes, then you're wasting your time. And you're delusional with yourself. And that's an honest statement, right?
Today's podcast is also brought to you by our amazing friends over at Organifi. Organifi.com slash muscle gets you hooked up with 20% off ongoing. You're going to love it if you like a vegan style protein. They've got them and so many more products that you guys should definitely check out. And last but not least, we have Capex from our friends over at Bioptimizers. And the entire line of Bioptimizers products is available to you. You head to bioptimizers.com, but you can also head over to Kenergize, K, and then the word Energize, K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E.com, and use the code MUSCLE10 to get hooked up with 10% off their amazing ketogenic fat adaptation product. Now, Kenergize specifically, or Capex specifically, has been designed to ultimately help with all levels of fat optimization. So that means if I'm consuming a high-fat diet, whether it be keto or just a general high-fat diet, it's going to help with digestion, absorption, and assimilation so that my body can effectively use fat. Using a high amount of fats in one diet or one meal and or in a day, sometimes very hard for your body. You can get some digestive distress. It can ultimately cause some bloating, some gas, some indigestion, and uh, Capex is a really great solution for that. If we enjoy this podcast, if you did share with at least one person you know and love who ultimately is aspiring to train hard, train well, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that right now so you never miss another amazing episode of the Muscle Intelligence Podcast with yours truly. Have an amazing day, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.